Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris down on the beach. Again, we've had a few days off, haven't we? Since my last uh, confession. <laughs> okay, it's not a confession. Since my last podcast. And, uh, well, let's talk about, a little bit about what people can't see. Human nature. So, what undies are you wearing today? People can't see it, right? But is it important? Well, in the walker world, it's really important. In the realms of people in the bottom of the consciousness current, it's not important. As long as their bits and pieces are encased in anything, whether it comes from Aldi, 10 for a dollar, or Giorgio Armani has no real uh, importance to a grand percentage of the population. Otherwise, Kmart wouldn't sell so many undies, etc. But what you encase your family bits and pieces in might be more important than you think. One of the things about feeling great about yourself is demonstrating to yourself that you think you and how you dress beneath what you dress in is important. Like the other day I went for a walk and as I put on a pair of beautiful uh, socks they ripped in half, just tore and that's sort of really bad form on my part because in some ways that tear was conspicuous by the fact that I'd had them <laughs> for far too long and I was just waiting for them to fall apart before I threw them out and I don't think that's really the metric of whether you keep a piece of clothing wear a piece of clothing or don't especially close to your body the other week I bought a couple of hundred dollars worth of things from Uniqlo. Now Uniqlo, great brand, Japanese, have a reputation for perfection, but the perfection that they have a reputation for isn't fashion, it's more for cleverly designed underwear materials. So their airflow and vent thin and whatever they've called it, super urine collecting absorption undies or whatever it is, they're all fantastic. But as soon as you go one layer out, and I bought, which was on sale, a polo shirt and I thought, I got it in the packet and I went, Man, this is beautiful. They give everything a brand. Uh, Frisian super cotton or whatever it was. And I put it on. I thought, geez, this is spectacular. Fits. It's exactly what it looked like on the ad. I look about 22 years old. Okay. All right. That was the ad. But anyway, look. Uh, so I wore it, I washed it in cold water after a wear, and it came out 
and the next day I used it for a cleaning cloth in the kitchen, the amount of filler that they'd used to make this garment look spectacular as it was new. The amount of fillers that they'd used in the material was just unbelievable. And suddenly the material, well, even as a cleaning cloth, it didn't hold water. So we have to be a little mindful about these things. And I'm not suggesting for one minute that we should spend the family crystal, the family jewels to buy undies, but there are brands that are above average and there are brands that are below. I think it's nice to feel good. I don't think longevity in things is necessarily always as you would be told by a conservationist or environmentalist. I don't think longevity is always the criteria for buying something. I think sometimes consumability is, is the is the criteria. Uh, for example, I usually spend a fair bit of money on a sports watch. Well, I wear it every single day and I look at it maybe, I don't know, 50 times a day, including when I'm running or jogging or walking, swimming. And so number of times I look at the watch divided by the cost of the watch makes makes it a really, really cheap thing. And if I wear a pair of undies every day, every second day, I have to wash them, every other day, it doesn't take long for the dollar per wear to pay itself back. So I think longevity is not always the best way to think about stuff. I'm buying a washing machine at the moment and the person who's selling it said to me, buy one that's, that needs, that can handle much more capacity than you usually put into it because it will last longer. And for a washing machine, I think that's a really smart thing to do because it's a lot of money. If I divide the valence of the washing machine, you know, how much it means to me. It means I really want to have clean clothes and I don't want to wreck my clothes in a, in a machine. So I want to get quite a functional washing machine and I want to wash my clothes every day. Sometimes they're sports clothes. You want to give them a squirt of heat during the washing process because they otherwise they stink. And so you start to think about paying you know, they say this one's 600 and this one's 700 and this one's 800. And you start, instead of thinking, how much is it? You think, how long will it last doing its job? So then longevity becomes a topic. Uh, yeah. But I think when it comes to human nature, I don't think longevity is really what people are thinking inside. How long will I last? How long will this statement I'm about to make last? What they're thinking is very, very short term. 
how do I feel? Very, very short term. In fact, how do I feel means now. Now, not now, now. Not then, now, now it's gone. It's not how did I felt. It's how do I feel? It's in the present. And that's one of the problems with speaking about and being addicted to how you feel. Because how you feel right now and what you do about that might not be the wisest way to evaluate where you're at, your inner wealth. So I think human nature is deep inside a human being and it doesn't really think about longevity. It really doesn't. If you listen to what people say and then watch what they do, you'll see dissonance, a disconnect. I want to be healthy. What are you doing at the pub? I want to be healthy. How come you still smoke? I want to be healthy. And so a lot of the deep down triggers for human nature are pain and suffering. You want to motivate somebody? You want someone to do what you want at work? Give them pain, imaginary pain, uh, real pain, the threat of pain, the fear of it. Oof, you won't have any money in a year if you don't do that. And that fear is what we call pain. That triggers, that triggers human nature, doesn't it? It motivates people. They get off their bum. So nature, human nature, and nature are working hand in hand to drive you forward. And there are layers of depth that you go to. And the deeper you go in human nature, the harder the trigger becomes for action. So if you go deep, deep down into the core of human nature, it's primal. Fight, flight, fear of pain. Either run at it or run away from it. <clears throat> fear of the future is the biggest fear that drives deepest, deepest into the core of human nature. Fear of the future. You give somebody fear of the future, I promise you, you'll have that person running, scared, running, scared. Now we think sometimes, as a leader, we think sometimes I need to motivate my crew. How do I do it? Well, I'll just put the fear of the future in them and they'll do what I ask. And that's really smart if what you want done is a big hole dug in the ground uh, where they're going to put a coffin because the people who are operating from the level of fear of the future are going to be in a hole in the ground very soon so they might as well dig it like they used to do in the mafia. Dig your own hole and then they shoot you, put you in it. <laughs> so if you want to motivate people and shorten their life expectancy uh, and you don't care about that, in other words, you're operating from a very deep primal place of human nature, create the fear of the future. 
Now, how many people do you talk to who don't fear the future? Well, I talk to a lot. I talk to a lot because I don't want to operate from the deep primal levels of human nature. I want to operate from the deep conscious level. Now, you can't be conscious if you have fear, can you? You can't be saying, I'm living consciously, but I'm shit scared as to whether I get paid next month because I got a mortgage or I'm, I'm frightened about the outcome of what I'm doing right now or I don't know if I'm going to get there or not. This fear drives motivation and causes most people to eat well, sleep well, uh, play well, drink less, the fear of the future. You want to give somebody the fear of the future, put them in a hospital bed. When I had my spine surgery, it was the first time I'd been in a hospital bed in my adult life. I think I was in hospital when I smashed my nose. I think as a kid, I think I was in hospital when I had my um, uh, adenoids or tonsils out. And I think I was in hospital overnight when I had a kidney stone. I, I'm not sure, I think they sent me home. But you wanna put the fear of the future inside a human being and make them primal, put them in a hospital bed. And that's what we say. Nature's most expensive teacher in life is a hospital. You don't need to go there, but if you fear the future, that's where you must end up. Because no matter how hard you work, with fear of the future as a default paradigm in your brain, with fear of the future as a mindset that motivates you and drives you to be healthy and eat organic vegetables, you're killing yourself in the process of looking after yourself for longevity, fear of the future. Now, I know there's some books around called The Power of Now or Live in the Moment or Be Here Now and all these things, they're all very great. But none of the people who wrote those books do what they say. Eckhart Tolle does not live in the power of now, although he advocates it for people. Why is that? Well, anybody who writes a book wants the sales. Anybody who writes the book wants the sales. Anybody who writes a book wants to speak about the book. They want a speaking gig. So they're actually mapping the future by doing something now. They're not living in the power of now. They're not doing something right now. How do I feel? I feel like, uh, I feel like a beer. Oh, I'll have a beer. They're not doing that. They're living now to create the future. Now that's a vastly different paradigm, isn't it? A vastly different paradigm when you sit down and look at your vision for the next 12 months to say, I don't fear the future, I wanna create the future. And I don't wanna create the future because I'm frightened about not creating the future. I wanna create the future because it's absolutely enjoyable. It's absolutely wonderful to feel like you have some grasp, some grip on your destiny. When we talk about in the old days, when I used to run the retreats, the 10-day the retreats in Bali at the Ritz-Carlton, we used to talk incessantly about human will and divine will. Is, are things like a car accident, are they predetermined? Are you going, do you know, do, are people born, uh, destined to end up with a cancer of something or a sickness or a hospital bed? Are they born that way or do they, or, or, or does human will 
the sheer grinding gritty determination to stick to something and not adapt and fluctuate and work away from fear of the future is that what causes them to be in a hospital bed and the answer was always spectacular after a quite a healthy debate we would sit there and go through everybody's accidents and everybody's circumstances and people who got born with uh, disabilities and challenges and all sorts of things we'd sit there and go was that human will or divine will and at the end of the day when you work to the state of inner wealth and consciousness at the top of the consciousness cone you cannot separate the two you cannot separate human will from divine will only do those two separate when you get to the bottom in a got to should need to or even want to headspace human will the ego and divine will nature's laws are having an argument and that argument never ends well for the human will because what we're here to learn on this planet in the short time we're here is how to merge the two how to integrate human will and divine will and live in harmony with our destiny live in harmony not cause ourselves untold troubles by fearing the future operating in the present to try and avert that fear doing everything we can to placate ourselves and not be fearful of the future but getting stuck in the model of shit uh, uh, I don't know what's going to happen in two years time so I better save for a rainy day or I don't know what's going to happen because of this this state of mind this disconnects is dissonant with the universal laws of nature because the universal laws of nature divine will and human will at a level of consciousness on the consciousness current become one topic they're not separate so I'm standing here on Bondi Beach I'm about to close off a podcast there's people swimming I'm about to go for a swim uh, is that human will did I will myself to come down on the beach and go for a swim absolutely I did I could have stayed home uh, and had another cup of coffee and just did more texts and communicate with people I could have stayed home and done that but I had to will myself to come down the next question might be what's going to happen when I go for a swim do I get bitten by a shark do I get eaten by a, a jellyfish or a blue bottle or do I drown and and, and the answer is shit I'm not going to fear that what I'm going to say is if divine will wills it then that's actually one of the reasons I came down to the beach my choice to be here is also a choice to be engaged in a relationship with nature and nature's laws and so therefore fearing the future is ridiculous I just trust it if it's meant to be it's meant to be a little bit like that but I also know nature's laws and nature's laws say if I'm on purpose if I'm if I'm living every day on my purpose living my purpose working my purpose linking things to my purpose there's no reason for this tree called Chris Walker this vehicle called this body that Chris Walker occupies there's no reason to take it off the planet yet I'm not stuck I'm adapting evolving reinventing myself on a weekly daily hourly basis reinventing myself to stay in tune I use the universal laws of nature and my human will as a collaboration not as a dissonation they're not arguing with each other they're working together so the big sign 
the big sign whether we're living in harmony with nature or not is the word fear fear of the future what do i fear so if i jump out of an airplane without a parachute i know the future that's called suicide and a person who does suicide has an absolutely has gone past fear into a complete uh, tremor, trem, trembling disaster about the future. So they've not, they're not fearing it, they've, they're actually uh, living it. Their imagination has got so vivid about the future that they don't even want to be there. And the only exit from that equation is the past. Well, they probably don't want to be there either. And so they unfortunately decide to exit the story. That's how deep human nature can go. That's how deep it can go. It can be the most animalistic, primal state. But do we want people who work for you at work operating in their primal nature? Do you want that? Fight flight. Got to, should, need to. Do you want that? Do you want people around you in that state? So what we would know from inner wealth is there are seven areas of life. And if a person's in a got to state in any one of the seven, that's where they're at at work. A spiritual got to where they start eating themselves to death or starving themselves to death. That's a spiritual got-to. That is a, a, an incredible spiritual state where a person decides their destiny based on the food that does or doesn't go in their mouth. That's a got-to. But maybe their spiritual state of got-to isn't caused by their spirituality. They lack, they lost dreams, they lost hopes, they lost... Uh, Maybe it's caused by fear of the future at school or fear of the future in life or fear of the future financially or fear of the future in one of the other areas of life mentally. They just fear failure. And so what they do is they start in the health area living in a got-to or a spiritual area living in a got-to. So the lowest of all the seven areas of life dictates all the rest. Even though a person might be dressed in uh, priest's robes and being a love to God, they might, in one of the other areas of life, operate, be operating in a got to. You know, you've got to not be married or you've got to not be this. And that got to dictates their behavior. And behavior is the outer reflection of inner wealth. Behavior is the outer reflection of inner wealth. And I think this is really important stuff to recognize that at a primal deep level of human nature, People will do anything to survive, including taking their own life. And we don't want to drive people into got-tos at work. We don't want to give them fear of the future. At the same token, we don't want them falling asleep so that their behavior right now has no link to the future. The future is a promise. The future is a promise. It's asking person, a person, what would you choose if you couldn't fail for the future to look like and helping them go there? This is how we coach people up or out. 
financially, mentally, socially, career, health, financial, spiritual. This is Chris. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now. Time for a swim. Mm-hmm. <laughs>